We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. WTY podcast, we there yet? And today we are live on location in Art House in Jersey City. Give it up for you guys, Art House uh, attendees, <laughs> Earthlings. You're here. We can see you. I know we're taping, but we can see you. I'm seated here today with Isabel Hagen, Dwayne Paul Cullen, and Boris Hyken, three of the uh, best of the fest from the Six Borough Comedy Festival. Hashtag S Six uh, BCF. We'll. Uh, I'm tagging even in myself, it's so meta. Uh, so you guys opened last night for Gilbert Gottfried, which is awesome. Uh, basically how it worked was people submitted to be in the festival, and these uh, comics were selected to be in one of three showcases. And from those showcases, uh, industry professionals from Catch a Rising Star, uh, Late Night Writer, and uh, West Side Comedy Club chose their favorites, and they got to the quote-unquote finals. I mean, this is not like a death match in a, in a cage, but I wanted to create a festival where comedians would be seen, get feedback, and have a chance to do some sort of competition just to have a little pressure to bring your best five and get to the next round. But you know, this as, well, we'll talk today, but as all comics know, or maybe I don't wanna make an assumption, but there's just another five minutes, and everything is exciting, and everything means nothing. <laughs> so, um, so Isabel, how, how are you feeling? So how did you, what was your start? And you're also a, a violinist, so. A violist. Viol but but I, I hesitate to correct people a lot because then I sound like a pretentious douchebag. But right, well, know. vegan, vegetarian. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm right up there with the vegans. Uh, but yeah. I look like a vegan today, too. You like to do it. I don't know if people are watching this, but I'm wearing plaid. I, I don't usually look like this. It's kind of a, anyway. Uh, <laughs> or lactose intolerant. Right, exactly, sure. You think I'm skinny? <laughs> uh, well, how did, Hi, what, was, yeah. what was your start? Uh, so I started doing stand-up about three years ago, and uh, I had just graduated. I had finished my master's at Juilliard. I'm a violist, so uh, I was thinking I was going to just pursue a music career. A natural and transition from being a violist. Is it is, you know, telling jokes, of course. But because we're always, violists are always the butt of the joke in the orchestra. <laughs> and that's actually a thing. If you like Google really? viola jokes, they're just pages and pages. I, I used to memorize all of them. So is this actually like, this is like a reactionary, uh, you're acting out, you're acting <laughs> exactly. out. This is classical music acting out. I've had it. This is her cocaine. <laughs> music right now that's sort of my quote day job even though it also happens at night a little bit so that's tough to navigate sometimes but once I graduated I just immediately started hitting open mics it was just sort of something I knew I wanted to do in the back of my head uh, and then I just started doing it and going to open mics every day that I could and it just went from there and yeah I'm, you know you trying are. to get on show any show I can and Right. Figure it out. You know? Right, right. So which is which is a so common good. thing for yeah, yeah. You know, trying to hit multiple mics a day and just really work on it. And that you know, it's very. Uh, and are you <laughs> carrying your viola with you when you're? Sometimes. You gigs and sometimes I'll run to a comedy club with my viola in like concert black, and it's very embarrassing because 
like people think I'm like a music comic that's showing up, and I'm like, no, I swear, I'm just a normal stand. I just, <laughs> I just, just want to work on my jokes, so don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> nothing against music comics, but uh, <laughs> but, but you know, that, there's a there's a hierarchy. <laughs> I'm kidding. And, uh, <laughs> they are bad mics. It's a lot okay. of setup time. Exactly. Right. <laughs> the energy of the show too. Yeah. So like someone walks in with a guitar, and you're like this fucking guy, you know. But uh. But then, you know, I sort of stashed the viola in the corner. Uh, but it's, it's hard because the viola is very valuable. Right. Uh, he, so it's like... But how much does your viola cost? Oh, I wouldn't even be comfortable saying it. But right. it's... <laughs> she's going to get robbed. It's We're like, going to totally follow her on Instagram. Yeah. And she's We're going to cash that big in. Do Quick, she's in the pit of the Lion King tonight. Grab it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but so, I'll, you know, I feel like I'm carrying like a baby in like these sketchy basements, you know? But it's, right, like, right. Because it is like my baby. But... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, that's sort of been my path, sort of leading this double life and sort of this very highbrow thing, and then sort of a, a lower, what a yeah. Point, yeah, but you know, spiritual dick jokes. Exactly. Yeah. Not that you. Well, you, I, I saw you do a roast where there was. Oh. So, but you you were fairly. I mean, you did you did pretty clean when you were. Other than the, other than the, the poultry, uh, the poultry sexual aggression. Right. Yeah. You know, it it gets in there, but. <laughs> I wouldn't say, I'm definitely not a clean comic, for sure, um, but, you know. Right, right. If it's clever, I think, you know. You right, know, but it's... it's but it, if the dick has to be involved to make it clever, you know, you gotta go there. Right, okay, well, that's true. Like, any, <laughs> any musician, you, you, you have to resolve the chord. Exactly. <laughs> and you might exactly. end up, like, hitting a really high D. <laughs> Ooh, I like, I like oh, this. <laughs> sorry, that was my classical music background. <laughs> so, Dwayne Paul Cullen, what was your start? Hey, uh, I started in Ireland, Dublin. I was living in Ireland, and uh, oh, so your so your autobiographical jokes are actual autobiographical jokes. Oh yeah, no, I don't make up my past. To, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would probably make a bigger sob story if I was had the freedom to lie, right? No, I started. <laughs> I, I, I started in Ireland. I was living there for a while, and uh, I didn't know anyone, so I figured. Uh, well, no one's gonna catch me in the street and be like, that guy sucked, you know? So, I felt free to do it, you know? I don't know why in Seattle, where I was before, I was afraid to do it. I was like, what if someone sees me? No one was gonna know or recognize or remember, but I was worried, like, what if someone from my high school is there, you know? <laughs> the first time I try it, so. But as a kind of hipster white guy in Seattle, don't you think you sort of like blend in like a non-where, like the anti-Where's Waldo? <laughs> oh, no, I thought I was original until I started doing comedy and <laughs> realized that there are a million of me, so. <laughs> But, th but do you also have a story about your dad that's, that's probably not as common for comics? No, uh, that's true, yeah. My dad is gay, uh, came out when I was 18. But he didn't actually come out. My mom brought him out. She was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> she knew and she was what, withholding? She, they, they both knew and they were like going to uh, meetings, counselor meetings. And then I remember like, one time when I was like 16, my mom yelled something at my dad about my grandpa. You know how they kind of thought like bad dad relationships meant you'd be gay? <laughs> that like used to be a theory. <laughs> like a bad relationship with your father made you gay. <laughs> oh my God. Well, so yeah. I remember something, something like that. That was the counseling and then it was like, no, nah, this is all dumb. And I think my mom was just 
had enough finally. And then, Father's Day. So how did your mom, <laughs> she just did that? She's like, oh, by the way, you know, pass, the, pass the orange juice at your dad's gate. Yeah, and it was like dramatic for like the rest of the family. My mom was kind of disappointed that I just didn't care. You know, like, okay. <laughs> My parents have been fighting for years anyway, so I was like, this doesn't change. But anything. I thought you told me that your dad had been listening endlessly to like... Oh, to Les Mis. <laughs> So I feel like, wasn't that like, you know, foreshadowing in like a three and a half hour musical? Isn't that long enough to uh, let you know? Three and a half hours <laughs> continuously played through your childhood? Yeah, but I didn't know it was gay. <laughs> I didn't know it was gay to listen to Les Mis. <laughs> I didn't like take it to school and people were like, oh, you, you, you know all of Les Mis because your dad plays it all the time? That's gay. No one ever told me. <laughs> you know? So you would walk around the house in your little like revolutionist outfit. <laughs> no one, no. I did once have a marching outfit, which looked similar, I suppose. Okay. But no. Uh, uh, so how did your mom say it? Just give us the scene. Uh, I was late for work at Dairy Queen, and I needed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I needed a ride for my mom. I was probably like yelling. I don't, I don't fully remember, to be honest. I just remember my sister being like, Dwayne, some dramatic stuff just happened in the house. I'm like, cool. I, I, I was just, I just needed to get to work. And then during the ride, my mom's like, did you hear what I said back there? And I was like, yeah. Well, do you, so you know that your father's gay? I'm like, yeah. And then I, don't, I didn't talk about it. My parents weren't good at talking about it, and I didn't feel like it was up to me to like lead the discussion. You know? <laughs> but I love that you were so disconnected from your family, period. And like, you you heard me. Are you listening to me? Your dad's gay. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Because my mom, she didn't know how to deal with it. I, it was just, it was a very chaotic. I've suppressed most of the memories. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Boris, did your mom out your father? Uh, not as gay. <laughs> I, well, so, irony behold, I, I started doing uh, musical comedy before I did stand-up. Oh uh, That's I, the gayest line. Why am I the gay person in this <laughs> I know, I don't know how that happened, but uh, I, I uh, somehow am not gay. But uh, I, I started doing musical comedy. I uh, came moved to the city doing, like, guitar comedy stuff. And realized. So sorry. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I realized I was annoying. <laughs> I basically I, I still like uh, some of it, but you have to be a good uh, singer for it to even be funny. Is the ironic part? Like, I uh, I feel like musical comedy sells much better when someone's a better musician because the whole thing is just believable. And I'm not a great singer, and I would be doing stuff, and I'd be doing jokes in between, and I'm like, this works much better. This is a more efficient use of my time instead of like stretching three punchlines into like four minutes of guitar riffs. Uh, right. so, I, so I just like kind of ditched it and uh, started just doing stand-up. Okay. Yeah. And then, so what was the, like you just, how did you get into musical comedy then? Did your parents, your uh, parents the guitar Yeah, lesson? my parents are both kind of musical. So I was born in uh, Ukraine and over there they both like, uh, my dad plays accordion, my mom plays piano, and uh, they kind of like brought me up with music and uh, I played in a blues band for a while and then just uh, started doing guitar songs. 
I mean, it looks like you were an understudy for ZZ Top. <laughs> well, I believe it or not, I didn't have this beard back in my childhood. <laughs> Your beard was an understudy for ZZ Top. Yeah, once my beard. Did you ever practice like a training beard when you were a kid? You know, I actually did have like a mustache since I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I shit you not. I, I didn't start shaving till 28. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. So, I, I remember going to Fuddruckers and getting the kids' meal, and uh, and you get a free cookie with your meal at Fuddruckers, and they, like, brought the staff out from the back to show this, because you have to be, like, under 13 or something, this 12-year-old with a mustache. I, my dad told me to hold off shaving, because he's like, if you start shaving, it'll start growing in, uh, like, more. And so I had like a little, a weird little man mustache when I was 12. Oh my God, you were like a, you had like a child molester I was mustache. Old, I, was the, I was my you're own You're a pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this called Fud Ruckers also sounds where it's like a child molester would be there. If Fud it does, it does. It's easy to mess up. Believe Fud it or not, <laughs> delicious ostrich burgers. <laughs> you guys have been to Fud Ruckers? I don't wanna, I don't wanna like force a sponsorship here. <laughs> Yeah, for a vegan host, five brothers, ostriches. Yeah. Right. Well, not that I'm, I'm not like a crazy, not that guy. I didn't even know you were a vegan until now, so you're a vegan. Yeah, I did a, yeah. Oh, that, did I, I commend you. Well, I commend you on the vegan. You guys were like three different showcases, so I hosted all three showcases, so I couldn't do all my stuff. I had to do like completely different. By the end of the third showcase, I wasn't even Filipino or gay. You <laughs> I, just, I just make other shit up. I had to grow a beard. It took forever. No. Um, so, worst, worst moment on stage, or worst heckler, or worst just like, oh my god, do I jump off a cliff or do I keep doing comedy moments? Or, or a triumphant moment, which was the scariest moment. That well, I'll say, I'll say a close one. I had a guy uh, try to punch me in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, at a, like a pizza shop show. He was like, black, like completely blacked out drunk, uh, which is why it was like not a real threat, because it was a very like, sloppy attempt at punching me. But what had happened was, was before the show started, they had a single occupancy bathroom, and he didn't lock the door, so I walked in, and then he got me like this weird look, and then it got brought up during the show, and I was like, you're the one that left the door open, like you're the pervert shit with the door open, and I'm not the one that's walking in on you. And then somehow it escalated, and he tried to, he was like disturbing during the whole show too, they ended up throwing him out, but he, like, it was a very bad attempt to punch me, that said, but uh, yeah. Wow, that's one that stuck in my mind. Dwayne Paul Clark. Dairy Queen incident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one I did worse, when, or I don't know, what my the, worst experience oh, on stage. Worst or biggest turnaround? There's been so many. <laughs> um, there was one time, like, uh, this street in Seattle, it's called Aurora Avenue. It's like known for prostitution and stuff. I don't know the equivalent here but uh, it's where you'd go back in the day if you wanted hookers and stuff. So there's this roadhouse kind of bar that had a show, and uh, not during the show, but right after, uh, someone got stabbed, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He killed. Someone stabbed, they were in a wheelchair and they stabbed someone else. Wait, the person in the wheelchair stabbed? Yeah, I got- Good for that. Got, <laughs> Got, got out of the wheelchair, walked over, and stabbed someone. It was a miracle! Yeah. And a murder! He hated that guy so much. He found the, he just found the, like, the will to- He was able to, to, to transcend his limited belief system, transcend his body, yeah. and then murder the person? No, no, just, just blood. <laughs> just a bit of blood. But we still want to honor that. Just like, paralyze him, oddly enough. 
<laughs> I don't think it was bad. I mean, as far as you know, as far as stabbings go, I don't think it was that bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now they're trying to replicate it in black. I could see like a knife. I just trying to get a little off the top and a little good stab. Yeah. You go to the barber. Well, he didn't die. I don't think he hit anything important, and they just had <laughs> ambulance come by. I think it, I think it all ended okay <laughs> in the end. They're dating now. <laughs> they, they continued doing the show there. It was like a big deal. Like no one should go to this show. It's a dangerous area or something like that. And uh, no, I had no. We forgot about it. Isabel, <laughs> <laughs> did uh, you have any murders or what was your uh, murder? I murder all the time on stage. No, <laughs> I was the worst. I had, I did a show at the, the Pit Loft in New York, and it was one of those 6 p.m. shows with really, yeah, well, not only is it that, you know, people don't usually show up to that time slot, but the people who did show up were a family with, like, two kids, and I saw them walk in, and, and I was sort of like, all right, well, I guess there was no age limit, but, uh, and you're about to do, I'm like, about to do my set, which is not clean, even though right. thought, it's, there's, you know, maybe some chicken fucking, there's, there's, but it's like, toxic it's references like to my breast. You know, right, it's, right. it's very, I think it's very clever, but it's not for kids and their parents. And so I was, <laughs> I was making this little boy sitting next to his, like sandwiched between like his teenage sister and his dad, <laughs> listen to these jokes. And I could see him whisper to his dad during the set, like, he's like, can we go? Can we go now? Please, please, can we leave? Like, as I'm doing it, and I, it, it was just so like, uh, Heartbreaking. Oh my god, because like, I don't want to hear a titty joke in front of my sister. <laughs> but you know, maybe it was a bonding experience for the family. But and, and to have them be like, it was maybe like two other people in the back and then the other comics, and that was like the, the whole audience. So it was mortifying. Oh god. God. I did a I did a uh, a Philippine cultural event with like five hundred Filipinos in a banquet hall. And I'm hosting so I'm, I'm doing the thing and I and I and I, I don't know, I made some joke in the audience, and I just, about, you know, uh, whatever, factory workers or something about clothes. Oh, yeah, everyone, like, oh, so everyone here made their outfits. Oh, right. So this was an Etsy meetup. Please show me the label, 50% common, 50% privilege. Like, all of you were sitting in a factory somewhere. Whatever I said, I said, oh, please. And by the way, there's no Santa Claus. And then I look forward, and there's like, a kid jumps up and runs out of the room. And I see there's a whole table of children. And I didn't, because it's very bright, and no one told me that they were, I'm like, oh my, and I wanted to, the whole audience gasps, right? I'm like, oh, just doing so. Now I'm hosting a two and a half hour cultural event. This was the opening. I have to go through how many dance troops and carry up, oh my God, I'm gonna kill myself. At the end of it, this, uh, the father, I assume is the father from that table, is waiting between, at the exit, like between me and my car, it's the dad. I'm like, no. And there are people thanking me because they had a good time, but I'm like, oh god, but that dad did not. Thanking you for letting them know about Santa Claus. Saving them money. I don't, yeah. <laughs> so the dad's there waiting, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna own it. Because what are you gonna do? Like, what would you do? You're, you're like, start a fire and a distraction. I mean, I thought of it, but I didn't wanna, I never already killed enough, enough dreams, so I didn't wanna kill people. <laughs> and the dad's waiting, and I finally see him, and before he opens his mouth, he just walks up to me, and I'm like, sir, I just wanna, you know, about the whole Santa thing. And he's like, you are fucking amazing. You're the best thing to come to Tallahassee, man. And he just starts shaking that. Like, so what happened to the kids? He's like, oh, the Game Boy went out. He didn't get batteries. I'm like, they weren't even paying attention. None of the kids. Anyway. 
That was a good save. And that made you more upset they weren't making like, what? <laughs> I want I wanted someone else's childhood to be worse than mine. Just one. Anyway, so uh, favorite gigs or what, what's on your what's on your vision board? What's on your vision board? What do you see for yourself? <laughs> That's a horrible question. It's like I'm on Oprah now. You've never actually thought of a positive thought about comedy, have you? No. <coughs> Wait, what? I've, I've never had a positive. No, I don't know. What, what? What are you? What's a project you'd like, or what do you see? What's your big picture? Like, what are you hoping for? What's, what's your? What's your longing? <laughs> Doing like this is therapy now. To make a living telling jokes. Yeah. That's mine, but that's <laughs> right. Right. You know, to to get money for it eventually. Right, as opposed to <laughs> trying to see how cheap we can get to the next gig. Exactly. But other than that, I keep writing and uh, enjoying it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same. I, I like. I wanna. I, I just wanna like uh, be constantly touring, just never. So a new weekend, different city. I like that. That's what I like to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, same same thing. I guess basically just having the ability to like. Uh, sell a certain amount of tickets with your name, which is what enables to do that, you know. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to, like, constantly tour forever. I, I'm uh, working on, like, getting a pilot or writing somewhere for somebody else's show. But it'd be good to, like, if your name is at a club for the weekend, to be able to sell out tickets for that weekend. That's how you kind of survive in the long run. Right, right. A following. <laughs> a following. It's go, to go spiral. Take Instagram following. That's what I want. A fan base. <laughs> want a fan, a fan base. base. I don't want to just be funny. I want people to want to stalk me in a healthy way. In a healthy. I want to just affirm to the universe as a healthy way. We're going to retweet until we become influencers. <laughs> I just want to be an eighteen-year-old on Instagram. Right. I want to be an influencer where people send me items to use to live with. Like here's a car. Here's a house. Just. Hashtag yourself in photos with it. Except a job. Right. Right, with meaning. An influencer, but where a company sends me a job. Right, right. Uh, so you actually, but you also work as a, as a classical I do musician. right now, yeah. So then with Dwayne? Well, I, wait, I, I, I think that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> she's like the first person I've heard who has like, oh, my day job is uh, A play. dream. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, putting this dream on hold. I've got a, another I'm dream. Very greedy. But <laughs> I have every she has, she I've got dual. She's like dual. Right? <laughs> She's dual dreams. I mean, I've got both. If I can't make it, it's this. I can fall back on the other parts. Um, yeah, I guess you know. Right now, I I, I make a living just sort of. I'm like a violist for hire. I like I sub in on different like Broadway shows or recording sessions and orchestras wherever we'll, you know wherever there's work. And so I sort of think, man, I guess if I just had that with comedy, that would be my goal, to just be able to survive right. doing it, you know? Right, right. But there's something about the comedic process that I found, I find a little more personally satisfying than just sort of being a hired gun as a musician right now. Right, because I mean, also, you know? you're not creating the music, you're just, exactly. here it is, you have to get it in like the next one rehearsal. And then right, and yeah. I could write music, but I don't feel inspired to write music. I like writing jokes. I don't right. know. How so, do you write a song about, you know, chicken rape? Oh right, because that's that's my big message. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I, I don't think it can be done. I think I'm gonna have to do it in a joke. <laughs> I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do it in words, not to <laughs> I play music on Broadway so I can focus on the chickens. The chicken <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm 
I'm sorry, it was more like chicken aggression, chicken on chicken aggression. What was the, but you, you did make the comment that the, the rooster. No, I think you imagined that, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that joke actually stemmed out of a really cheesy pun I made or when I first started doing comedy, which was, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I'll tell you who came first. The rooster probably came first. <laughs> and then some guy at an open mic came up to me and said, I have the same joke, what are we gonna do about it? And I was like, you can have it, so I don't care. He like played me the recording of his set from earlier that day to prove it, that he had the same joke. And I was like, fine, all right, I gotta, because it, it had led to the act out about the winging the chicken, that whatever, right. that's, and I was like, okay, well that's the funny part, so if I can just make up some other premise to get to there, right, right. so that's what happened. Oh, that's, that's great, well see, because, <laughs> the, because the challenge, right, and the right. death threat of, you know. <laughs> he was a very scary open micer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, Open mics are, are like Mad Max <laughs> with dick jokes. It's horrible. Anyone walks in, and it's like it's like it's like Thunderdome. You know, twelve comics walk in, one might walk out. Dwayne, yeah. So <laughs> occupation. What's happened? What's happening with you during the day? Uh, I am a draftsman, like for uh, architectural draftsman. So you sound like a hipster as well. He's <laughs> like draftsman. draftsman. Well, no, I'm Craft, it sounds like craftsman, but digital. I work in a metal and glass shop, so I work in like, I work as far away from hipsters as possible. I work in College Point, Queens. Anyone know College Point? <laughs> yeah. Have you been there? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. There's a lot of old people. <laughs> There are a lot of old people stumbling around there. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> no, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I just. Uh, a draftsman does what? It's very boring. I just take architects' drawings and, and then I'm like, it and looks nice, but you can't actually build any of this this way. So then I redraw it and send it back, and they're like, no, that's not how we drew it. I'm like, yeah, but it's how we have to build it. and. It's a bit of back and forth, and yeah, thrilling, right? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the you're the guy that that takes the dream of the architect and pops that bubble. I do. I chop it down into nothing. And you go, we have to make it at IKEA. So get over yourself. Um, yeah. Well, no, we do like re really cool like uh, uh, custom architectural millwork or uh, metal and glass and stuff. But um, it is just a lot of back and forth with the architect. Is what I do. <laughs> and then you die in college point. Yeah, yeah. Ideally, you know. Ideally, <laughs> you help build your own coffin. I, I could. But then you tell yourself it's it's not a realistic coffin. You have to cut back and make it more practical. Well, yeah, I, I would design it better than the architect would design mine. And you wouldn't have to get a, a back and forth because you already know what the limitations. Are. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And you could do it for like twenty dollars less per square foot or pound. Meter, whatever, whatever the yeah units you use. I would spend everything on my own coffin. Really. <laughs> you would leave, you leave nothing to nothing to the family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I don't spend all my money, whatever I have left is going towards the coffin. <laughs> yeah. Boris, uh, I uh, been freelance in the past year, uh, just doing this and writing, and I do a lot of video directing and editing. Uh, before that, I worked for five years as a writer and director for a startup doing like 
educational stuff, sometimes funny, but mostly like corporate education. Okay, I'm just checking you there. I don't think, I think we are the comics. I think the others have, one other person has already gone back to North Carolina. I'm just checking for time. But we can, we can keep going, thank you. Uh, do, what do we like talk about how we die? <laughs> <laughs> Afterlife influences parental relationships. Did you, what do your parents think? What's 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 your relationship with your parents? Are they into this? They're pretty good. Do they know you're doing this? Are you, are you out to your parents? No, they know. Uh, they're uh, they're pretty chill about it. Only because like I've managed to either like work a day job. To I've never like come to them and been like I'm poor. Let me move back in or something. I've like figured out a way to do it so they don't mind. Uh, they're both they're both engineers in Russia and are computer programmers here and most of their friends' kids are like Russian immigrant, like doctor, lawyer, and computer programmer, basically one of those three. Uh, so they're, and my brother uh, owns a business, uh, owns his own business, he sells bombs online. <laughs> so we've both really broken the mold, uh, but he's very successful. They really started with like my mom finding so wait, sorry, bombs? Bombs, bombs, bombs like bombs. to smoke marijuana at us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, because yeah. your beard, your beard, his season is like eight 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 Looks like you're bomb curious. Bong. Yeah, so we B-O-M-G. both like, yeah, we both really like fell outside the mold of everything that them and their their friends tried to do for their children. Wow. Now does he blow the glass himself? No, he uh, he he runs it. It's uh, dankstop.com is his. <laughs> oh, nice! Now we're doing. It's not a spot. Got him a free a free plug right there. <laughs> Dankstop. Dank uh, Dankstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder if it started that way. No, but uh, so uh, my parents have, they're pretty chill about it because you know we're both doing all right and like. Uh, Maybe not as well as some other. They just want grandkids at this point, honestly. It doesn't really matter what I do. Mm. D Wayne? Uh, they're pretty cool about it. Yeah. Um, what is your dad doing now? What happened? So he divorced? He's straight again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after he heard He all likes to tell it now. He, he, he's <laughs> um, no, uh, my dad's like really supportive, and it's like too much so, because it's like I feel like. Uh, is your dad like a really? Is, it, is your dad like a, a comedy version of a soccer mom now? He's like must have drive to every show. Uh no, but he will go to any show. You know, he Aww. loves watching me perform and making fun of Aww. him. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't like it because <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I I could I like he's uh you know no I do love it. my dad's great I love it but uh, I don't feel um you know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe if you made me feel bad for not doing so well, <laughs> is that a, is that a weird complaint? Is that <laughs> no? Actually, he, I love. He doesn't I love make. It. He I doesn't make, great. He huh? doesn't make you feel bad. Uh, no, never. My dad's awesome. Yeah, my dad's So your dad. dad's like too supportive. Yeah, if, if that's a if that's an issue. You know, is, is I have a, I have a dad who would probably love to hate on you. My mom, on the other hand, though, every time I call her, she's like, are you getting paid yet? Like, Not for comedy, mom. <laughs> uh, when will you get paid? That's the second question. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, God. I love that. It's my, 
my mom, what time she listens for? She's, my mom's trying to be helpful. She's trying to be supportive. She's like, hey, Jared, I have a joke you could use for your volunteer work. And I'm like, it's called a career mom. <laughs> it's, it, I got it on the Hotmail. You can use it. Like, she's already giving me some sort of hack, Hotmail joke. She's like, there are three bears in a car, uh, and they're driving over a bridge. And it goes into the water, and it flashes down. There's the father bear who is driving, the mother bear in the passenger seat, and the baby bear in the back. You can use it. <laughs> <laughs> so it falls down. Two bears get wet, one stays dry. Which bear stays dry? I'm like, does anyone know? The baby? No, not the baby bear. Wrong. Guess again. <laughs> and she's like, go ahead, anyone? No. Big father bear, because he's the dry bear. <laughs> right. So that's like mother's abuse. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. So. Do you, I, I don't know, but do you do a lot of your parents' accents? Yeah, I mean, because that is offensive. <laughs> it is offensive to my people and your beard. <laughs> As a white person speaking on behalf of everyone else, that is offensive. I, I think, oh, because I didn't really, I was doing all crowd work when I was doing, hosting everything. Cause it's, yeah. But I do, I do a whole bit about them. And I'll, I'll, I will also do a bit about, I did, a, I did a bit about my mom at Thanksgiving, in front of my mom at Thanksgiving, you know, table of 25. I don't think about it. She's like, hey, Jared, I don't have that accent. I'm like, mom, you have it now. <laughs> that is not funny. You're disrespectful. I'm like, I'm not disrespectful. You know, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's a reflex. It's my way of, of healing my childhood. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you guys do stuff on your parents? I think you just did chickens. <laughs> did fucking. No, I, I have. A, I used to because I used to live with my parents up until pretty recently. So I used to have a whole bit about taking guys home and like, oh, they meet my dad right away. And and my dad would always come to the shows and he loved that bit. He was just like, he, he, he was all. He's also kind of like this over supportive. Like we'll show up to everything, you know. <laughs> and he'll laugh the loudest at like the parts that it, it, about him, you know. <laughs> and then I can do the like cute thing like, oh, that's my dad, everyone. And then they're like, oh my god, he can't believe he's here. <laughs> but um, but at first my parents were kind of like, what are you doing? When I like wanted to go to mics instead of like play music, you know, they were they were kind of very they were very skeptical at first. And then when I committed and showed them that things were happening, they're like, okay, I guess so. <laughs> but I love the idea of your mom calling comedy volunteer work. Right, right. <laughs> like, what a weird thing to volunteer just to like overshare to like possibly offend people. Like. <laughs> It's not like a doctor. <laughs> we are saving lives, and you're making six figures. It's also such a lack of demand, particularly in New York, for that volunteer work. <laughs> like, there's more comics than there are audience for in New York. Right. There's not like people starving for comics. It's not like doctors without borders. It's more like comics without audiences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you do your parents? Uh, once in a while, I like stories and stuff. I don't do accents of them really. I don't really like quote them in that kind of way. Do your parents have accents? They're Russian, yeah, of course. They have, they have pretty thick accents. Yeah. Dwayne. My dad, well, they're Irish, so my dad's got a really deep Dublin accent, but I don't do it because no one thinks it's Irish. <laughs> I, they're like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, yes. Yeah, does it sound like you're having a stroke? What? Uh, it, it's like, uh, oi, oi, don't know, Dwayne. Oi, don't know. 
Right? Does that sound like anything? Is that like the one thing you can say in that? No, accent? no. I can say like, uh, well, it's a lot of swearing in the Irish Dublin. So like, fuck off, all right? We don't give a shit, you know? Sure, we're always doing this thing. Does that oh, sound right, like right. anything? So it sounds like, like, it sounds sort of like. You can see why I don't do it. Well, it's almost like Scotty. But Jamaican. <laughs> Well, it's a little woo woo woo. Yeah, no, they do the same TH ting. This ting, this that ting. Right. Do you know? We don't know. Can you do that? <laughs> so say, uh, I just want you to know that I'm gay in your dad's accent. Uh, my, I don't think my dad's ever even said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, is he, so did he ever come out or it just sort of was known? He, would, he couldn't approach it directly. He'd be like, uh, your mother just wants you to know that I'm gay. <laughs> 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 you know your mother is calling me gay. Well, uh, yeah, oi, <laughs> Dwayne, <laughs> I'm gay. <laughs> sure, you know it, look. <laughs> you know, we've been listening to Les Mis my entire life. <laughs> I actually went back and listened to it the other day, and I, because I couldn't remember anything. I hadn't heard it in like 15 years. Les Mis. Beautiful. <laughs> I used to play in the pit for ladies. <laughs> yeah. I knew every song. I couldn't recall any of them, but once I listened to it, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this one. And then the next one, I'm like, oh, I dreamed a dream. <laughs> I knew them all. That's so funny. That's just a side yeah. note. There'd be like another, like, in a different context, the whole podcast about how you played in the pit for ladies. And I was just like, a little, oh, I used to play in the pit for that. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. It was awful. Three hours nonstop. His dad's like, oh, I know Isabella. She was the sub on the, the, the second Broadway album, right? He didn't know every actor's name, too. Right? Well, I'm sure. I don't know if that's a signal. <laughs> and uh, favorite, he, one, the, uh, one time he goes, um, we, had, we had a copy of uh, the, bird, the Birdcage. You guys know the birdcage? Yeah. Um, Explain for our listeners. Oh, um, what was it? Nathan Lane, Robin Williams. Uh, Robin Williams is. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria is in it. Um, and uh, Robin Williams' son, his, his dad's gay and they're married. Robin Williams' son is getting married to a very conservative family uh, girl. And they invite the conservative family over for dinner and uh, antics ensue. You know, like they've got dishware with guys fucking on it, so they have to hurry up and put the soup in to hide it from the <laughs> Republican parents, you know? Um, you but he's like, oh, it's a great, you know, he'd be like, this is an amazing movie, and he just kind of set it aside. I was like, oh. <laughs> So I was primed, I was. <laughs> Sounds like he just like, left clues around the house. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Just to prepare. <laughs> I think maybe he was hoping I'd come out, you know? He kind of led me in the, I played like flute and danced and stuff in elementary school. He's like, he's, my son's probably gay. If he comes out first, then uh, it'll be easier for me. It's like a mom who never succeeded at gymnastics. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you go out there and be gay. You be the gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, <laughs> It's like the yeah, like the football dad who's who never really made pro, making his kid do it, but with being gay. Always an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. How, how are we? We good? 
Oh. Oh, I don't even remember what I just said. What was I saying? <laughs> Can you do an exact redo of your witty banter? So I think he was. So he was like <laughs> leaving clues everywhere that he was gay. And, oh, he was hoping you were gay. And I, I was saying he was going to live vicariously through your gayness, but you're not gay. No. Is what you were saying. Yes. And that was that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switch the mics back. Anyway. <laughs> See, you shouldn't have given me the working mic. It was really a sign that this went off when I started talking. Yeah. <laughs> One, two. What? Oh, we're up. There you oh, go. we're oh. back. Oh, there we go. Oh, it just must be a little loose there. I just won't. I'll just hold this position like this weird, awkward yoga pose, like a double goddess pose. I, uh, I have a friend who is about to come out to his. He's come out. He's going to come out to his 18-year-old daughter. He watches RuPaul's Drag Race with his daughter every week, but he just hasn't had the guts to come out. I'm like, I think you already have. <laughs> but she makes fun of him and teases him for like, I don't know if she's mocking her dad for, for being, was she teasing him for being gay? Or she's like, dad, come out already. We're watching RuPaul's Drag Race all the time at Glee. We have Glee every box set of it. Uh -huh. <laughs> Wait, you don't know if she's teasing him because he hasn't come out or because she's a homophobe? <laughs> well, she's in the gay-straight alliance in high school and oh, so all this stuff, but I'm like, just, she knows. If she doesn't, she's not gonna care. If her best friend's gay and all these, you know, I was just kind of, but you know, people have their own. So I can relate to your dad's issue. Like it's, people are just trapped in their, their story. Yeah, yeah, I mean, also, I mean, my dad grew up in like the Irish capital, in Ireland, so it's like, was very, although it changed dramatically. They're like the first country to just vote it legal, you know? Right, which is which, from, from one extreme to the other. Okay, yeah. we're gonna do music videos and infomercials about why gay people should be allowed. It, did you see those, the whole movement? It was crazy. Oh yeah, it was, and they just did the whole thing again now with um, abortion. They just put it to a vote, and then, well, pro-life's choices, or <laughs> whatever the, but I was there actually right before it. It's crazy the amount of money they spend on their referendums. Like there's a sign, like there's probably like 10 perfect plastic posters. They're probably like 25 bucks each, like 10 of them a block, you know, throughout the entire country. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Vote yes, and then the next one will be like, vote no. That actually doesn't vote sound yes. like that much money. Vote no. <laughs> <laughs> We you spent how much money? Two billion, two billion dollars a year to make. They printed so many posters. <laughs> I know, but these are like really nice. I'm just trying to emphasize. Nice card stock. They're framed, right? It's like the ribbed plastic, you know? It's got that corrugated plastic. Dude, it's a lot of money. <laughs> so what, was abortion just not legal before? And what was the deal? Oh, it was incredibly illegal. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's insane because they drink so much over there. They were probably like, this is just getting out of hand. There's so many babies happening by accident. They would leave <laughs> the country, though, when right. they had actually offshore boats, right? They would do it in international waters, I think. Uh, I'm looking at you as a resident. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a statistic where about 900 people would go to the UK uh, a year. Wow, I love that Boris has like the stats on, and this is the trade route for the, <laughs> no, I just read about it when they, cause it was just recent, it was like a few, what, like a month ago, like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, they had a ban on abortion up until a month ago, because it's like, their government is like super Catholic. Yeah, it's still, it's, it's changing, but it was still a very, it's like, a, it's been a religious state up until almost now, 
you know, now that it's pagan and free abortions every corner, it's like Starbucks and so so, so half the people voted for you know so, so uh, where did they go? yeah for choice for yeah for choice yeah. well that's voted. I guess it's like for choice an abortion. <laughs> It's yeah. like it's like a, it's like that. putting fluoride in the water. Everyone will eventually will have an abortion. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> this is a really nice sound, but so we're gonna. So I don't think anyone. Okay, so this is. All right, what are we at time? So we're gonna. So let's let's just do a little wrap. So closing closing statements from each of you. Uh, what would you say to there? There are there is an aspiring. Well, there there's one. What's your what's your big what's your question? What's your aspiring question for the comics here then? You didn't think of one? Okay. Well, what would you tell this guy? He's, he wants to be a comedian. He's done some. So three or four years. So what would you, okay. So what would you guys, what would you, what would your advice to him be? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I love that he's advising himself now. <laughs> I'm actually looking for some advice if you have it. Yeah, we're really not at liberty to do I would say in a, in a serious way, though, if make sure you like it now while it's like you know, quote shitty, because I feel like even if when you get more successful, it's probably it's still the same process of writing and failing and so if you like it now, when it's at its worst, it's not gonna get worse than like bar shows and like when like four people in the audience. If you like it now, then you're good, because you know. You can only go up. But if you don't like that, you don't think like, oh, it's gonna get better and it'll, I'll be happy then, because you probably or one probably won't be, is what I would say. <laughs> then great. Boris, <laughs> what is your words? Uh, my general advice is to tell people to quit. But uh, <laughs> uh, aside from that, I mean, no, I, I agree with that. You know, there's like, out of, there's, I don't know how many thousands of comics in this country, there's a small fraction of them that make their living that way, and there's an even smaller fraction that make like an actual, like, this is a famous person making a living that way, as opposed to like, I have friends that make a living doing comedy and they're still poor, you know, like, it's awesome they're making a living doing the thing that they love, but you gotta really love it to make like 40 grand a year doing comedy versus like stick with whatever day job you got and do mics on the side and be able to like raise a family and function. So it's, it never, I mean, I, I have friends that are like, you got Comedy Central present specials and still keep day jobs, you know, uh, tons of people. So it's, uh, I mean, yeah, a late night spot pays like $1,000, literally. So there's, you know, it's gotta be a thing that you love to do regardless of whether you wanna make a living at it or not. Yeah, so how can people find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Isabel Hagen underscore. That's Isabel with one L and H-A-G-E-N for Hagen. Isabel Hagen underscore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Isabel Hagen was taken by some like 15 year old in Sweden or something. So. <laughs> uh, you can Google me. Yeah, just Google Dwayne. So let's spell Paul, your name then. Dwayne Paul Collin. <laughs> How do you spell Dwayne Paul? Uh, D-W-A-Y-N-E. Like The Rock, not like The Store. Um, I don't like that <laughs> D-U nonsense. Um, but yeah, no, at Dwayne Collin for Twitter or Instagram or, yeah. Dwayne Collin. Dwayne Collin. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tag it on the, <laughs> on the, on the feed for this. 
Yeah, that'd be great if to confuse people. You went by Dwayne the Reed Cohen. <laughs> uh, at the Boris K on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that. Uh, and I release a lot of like sketches and stuff on Facebook and Instagram. If people want to check that out. Awesome. Well, this has been an amazing episode. And give it up for the audience as well for being here today. Thank you guys. Uh, I'm Rich Campbell. This is WTY Podcast. For more information, you can go to WTYPOD.com. Rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you guys, thanks so much for being part of the Sixth Borough Comedy Festival last night. This is, uh, after this, we've got Marion Grodin, who's headlining, and then we've got uh, Improv Technicians, Chucho, uh, Carolyn Castro, and Pat May plays improv game, or plays video games and does improv at the same time. I'm Rich Kemper, you guys, thanks so much. It's a comedy journey.